Welcome to the Fit Mind Project. My name's Barry Ash, and along with my wife Laura Ash, we are the founders of Rock Solid Health and the Freedom Programs. We believe that everybody should have access to a simple and supportive way to transform their health and their well-being, both physically and mentally, so we can feel better than we currently do. Our aim is to bring together a community of like-minded people who want to transform their habits and their behaviours using the rock-solid method so they can take ownership of their health and their well-being. With this podcast, we're going to be having conversations with some amazing people that will help and inspire you to take back control of your lives. As we believe, when we are healthier, we are happier. In today's episode, we're talking all things pain. Pain is one of the main reasons we don't move our body these days. Pain can be the most debilitating thing, from actually having pain to the fear of getting it. So today we have a special guest, Rush Basalva. Rush is the founder of R&D Physio and is on a mission to inspire and empower people to push beyond their true potential. His view in helping people is simple, treat with the intention of curing. You see, this is why we are so excited to have Rush on today. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get down to it. Let's get you understanding what pain is and how we can deal with it today. So guys, welcome to today. It's lovely to see you all on. I can see everybody is joining us, which is absolutely fantastic. Today, I'm uber excited because we have Rush, who is a physio from R&D Physio. Now, Rush is actually helping me at the moment with my shoulder, um, and he's been working absolute wonders. And I was like, we have to get him on to come and speak to you guys um, about pain and pain management. So uh, we'll kick into that shortly. Definitely, because I think that's such a big topic we need to cover, because it's the pain that stops us from moving our body, right? And when we don't move our body, we become... We have disease, don't we? And that's when we get ill and our health starts going down. So if we can tackle this today, it's going to open up a field for our body to do what it loves to do. So let's hand over to Rush. Rush, can you just explain about who you are, what you are, and where you, how you got to where you are today. Your beautiful story. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's quite exciting, um, but I always find that it, found, it sounds silly to introduce yourself sometimes, you know, with, with whatever you've gone through. So I think who I am, uh, I think, I think um, I'll start with that. Uh, so I am a, a director of a, a physiotherapy clinic. Uh, we're, well, clinics, we're based in North London, but uh, we're online. So we actually uh, help people across borders, across continents, um, and we try and basically fix people or rather not even fix. I think that's the wrong word. We, we help them. We coach them through, through pain and we, we return them back to what they love doing. And it sounds so simple and it sounds like a cliche, but literally for us, movement is medicine. Um, and, and the focus is always on who's that person in front of us? What do they want out of life? What do they want out of coming to see us and how can we help them get there? Um, and then sort of um, returning to my story, wow. Uh, yeah, it's, it started off, actually, uh, I, was, I was meant to be a dentist, funny enough. And, uh, really? Yeah, so that didn't go to plan, uh, uh, thankfully, because uh, I just, my heart wasn't into it. It's one of those um, decisions that were made, um, you know, in haste and also with uh, the Asian influence. It's always, you've got to be either a lawyer, doctor, uh, a, a, or a dentist or something of that sort. Um, 
so I was, I was quite sort of you know not with it at the same time I was dancing um and I was dancing quite uh quite a lot and I was getting a chance to travel the world with a few of these dancing companies Wow. And, and and I remember a, a time before we, we did a we were practicing for a show where we were gonna do a couple of black flips from a from a height. And um yeah, I must have practiced quite a few of those and then when when, when the time came to leave, I, I thought I'll go for one more and that one more actually I it caused me to snap a lot of my tendons in my ankle, which was uh, yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> it was it was it was not fun and then um try to obviously um, manage it uh, conservatively, um, but it required a lot of surgery. And, and when I had the surgery, I kind of realized the value and true power of physios and how, you know, it's, it's, it's something that people don't realize that everyone will go through some sort of discomfort or pain in their life. But, um, you know, if you're on the other side and you can help someone overcome that aspect and overcome that pain, all of a sudden it's such a rewarding feeling. So, so that started this sort of, you know, I started looking at physio as a career and um, luckily enough, I got into one of the sort of best um, medical universities in, in, the, in the UK, uh, it was St. George's, which is a medical university in South London. And, and the great thing there was it's because it's a medical university, you get access to, you know, people who are going to become doctors, nurses, radiographers, and, you know, pharmacists. So you, you almost have this whole, like you, you understand every medical profession that's out there. Wow. But at the same time, it's all holistic because you're understanding that actually it's a team, team, team play here, um, you know. And um, you, you, you're working in, at my university. Funny enough, it's actually in a hospital, and my my disco or the the student union bar itself is in the in, a, in a, next to the A and E. So <laughs> what so, part uh, travel then? <laughs> so so again, you know, it was a fantastic place to kind of learn uh, what physiotherapy is all about, and then. Um, I sort of did my rotations in the NHS and sort of worked privately at the same time. Um, and during the time, I, I would have like repeated shoulder dislocations from doing things like Tough Mudder, working out, playing high-level um, sport, and, and just doing things like breakdancing and all sorts of things. So this the, even added more fuel to the fire to find a way to help people. I think the biggest frustration has been where in the NHS, um, you know, because of the time frame and the amount of limited resources someone has, they can't actually help um, the person sitting in front of you. You know, with 20 minutes, you know, all you can do is basically get a, a decent understanding of what's going on and then call them back in a month's time to say, right, let's look at your problem now. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for the people who work in the NHS and I, I felt like I just wasn't doing um, a, a good enough job and a good enough um, service. And, and, you know, for me, that meant more than just racking numbers or hitting quotas or hitting patient numbers and stuff like that. Um, and you just couldn't help the person who's sitting in front of you. You know, if you're just passing them a piece of paper, it's like, well, that's your exercise sheet. Off you go. I'll see you in a month's time. Really, do people really want that? Have they sort of spent the last six, eight weeks waiting for an appointment where you just hand them a piece of paper? And this is where it got really frustrating. Um, and then I went in the private side of things and sort of saw... Um, how it's all generated by revenue. So how much revenue can you make? How much money can you sort of make? And how many times can you bring, can you bring this person in again to the clinic? And that was like, no, we, 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 I don't want anything to do with that because one, I'm not driven by money, uh, you know, uh, whether that's a good thing or not. Uh, I think uh, two, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I think the, the focus at R&D has always been, we, we care, we truly care about the person sitting in front of us uh, and, or even on the outside of the screen perhaps. Um, so yeah, and then that just led me to sort of set up R&D Physio and um, we set it up funny enough in July, it's going to be uh, close to five years and 
um, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because when I started it, I started the back of a barbershop, uh, funny enough. And, and uh, up until last year, we were still there. So we had other clinics, but we always kept our barbershop clinic. And um, it, it's, it's always humbling experience. You know, it doesn't matter who you are or where you are. It's all about what you can do for other people. And, and that was the, the, the focus, you know, and from the barbershop. And luckily, I've had now a team where we're seven of us now. And we've, you know, we've gone to a beautiful location in, you know, in a golf club that, you know, has a fully functioning gym, um, football facilities and all sorts of other things. But the, the focus is still the same. The, 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 you know, we still operate like we were operating out of um, the barbershop or the, the back of our, uh, the barbershop, really. And it's, again, that same care, the level of diligence, the level of um, community feel. Because, um, you know, a long time ago, I read it somewhere where, where if you want to go fast, you go alone. But if you want to go further, you go together as, as a unit, as a tribe, as a community. Oh, I love that. And, and that's what you guys do. And I think that's what it sort of, you know, highlights. And I think that's why I resonate with what you guys do as a community. Um, with rock solid and what you've done um so that's a brief snapshot of where we are and what we do and uh now i'm a shoulder specialist but i also see all sorts of other sort of interesting and lovely um sort of conditions and people and all people from all walks of life um and, and it's amazing to be able to do that and i feel privileged um and, and i wouldn't swap this for any any day you know my people always ask me are you working i'm like this is not work this is fun yeah 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 and um, let me yeah. ask a question why is it called r d fitness uh, r d yeah yeah so uh funny enough i you know i, I had a business partner and, and uh, he left quite early on to the business and um you know his his name started with d and mine started with r and we're like do you know what we're just gonna call it because we we're we were clueless back in the day i mean i started with naivety <laughs> and i started with like you know i thought i was gonna open this one clinic and it's gonna be you know i'm gonna have patients uh you know lining up outside and Lo and behold, I had one patient for the first month. <laughs> and so it's been tough, but great fun. And um, so now we, we have lots of spin on it. So we, some of us call it rehab and development. Some of us call it um, all sorts of things, you know. And, you know, it's got, a, it's got a role to it. We don't want to change it. We like it. And, you know, people always think, oh, R&D, that's like something exciting. Like there's some research and development happening over there. So, yeah. I love it. I just want to go back a little bit, Rush. And yeah. you said something in your little intro about movement is medicine. Can you elaborate on that and expand a little bit on that first so people can understand what you mean by it yeah totally i think um look as humans we've been designed to move and i think that statement has been put out there so much that people have kind of like you know i don't want to hear that but but when we look at any illness um or any musculoskeletal illness which is what, what we specialize in you know, we always find that a lack of movement or a lack of something has caused some of this, um, some of this pain. And, and, and a lot of the time we find that the movement is the answer. So, so movement is actually the way to kind of improve. Um, for example, someone's got back pain from sitting for, um, I don't know, eight hours at a desk, you know, and their lower back is grumbly. It's just a heat. They've got that constant dull ache and, and, and they're wondering, you know, how can I do this? What pills can I take? What can I sort of rely on? You know, what can I massage into the area and stuff? And a lot of the times they're focused away from the source of the problem. You know, they haven't looked at what they're doing on a daily basis, how much they're moving. Yeah. And, 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 and the response to everything I find is movement. Yeah. You know, whether your, your endorphins are down and you're feeling low, go out for a walk. Whether you've got pain, 
try some movement and, and, and watch how that pain changes. Uh, but if you get into the sort of science of it, you know, it's all about sort of changing um, the pain perception in your brain. Okay. So, so, so when you walk um, or when you say, um, you know, you do an exercise, say you've got shoulder pain, right? And you, you've been training and you've got a bit of shoulder pain that's just there. Now, a lot of the times when you're doing the rehab and the exercises, what you're trying to do is, in effect, change the pain perception from here to your brain. So you're trying to reduce what we call the release of, um, uh, you know, the, you're trying to reduce the connectivity, um, that, that pain connectivity. We're trying to reduce the amount of um, what your brain perceives as pain yeah. and then let you kind of move into good movement. Um, I, I hope that's made sense. I think I've gone over it very quickly. But when we say movement is medicine, um, we truly believe that any kind of movement is good movement. You don't have to be a gym goer. You don't have to be a runner. You don't have to play golf. You don't have to play football, you know, or you don't have to be this athlete to be, you know, out of pain or, 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 or and, and it's any kind of movement is good movement. Because I think that's why people don't move because they have this fear. If they move, they're going to cause yeah, pain. If, if they move too fast or move too heavy or move too quickly, they're going to cause an injury. But realistically, it's the other way around, isn't it? Absolutely. It's where, you know, if you've ever had back pain, which I have, where you can't just move at all, the first thing you want to do is lie down and do nothing. You know, the first thing in your head is, you know, I, I want to protect this. I want to hold it. I want to hunch over and I'm going to just not move, but I'm just going to sit there, let it settle down before I start moving. Unfortunately, what you're doing is you're just feeding into the behavior. That, that response that happened was your body's way of protecting itself. It was your body's way of saying, hey, You've done something, I'm going to create this response. And then after that, um, you know, you're just going to feed into it. So all you're doing is you're just adding more stiffness, more pain. Um, and, and, you know, you're, you're really catastrophizing the whole, the whole thing. So you're making a sort of a mountain of a molehill sometimes, as I like to call it. Um, we're not saying your pain isn't real. We're just saying that there are things that you're doing is actually just increasing the amount of pain you're going to have. So instead, why don't we do little but often movements, for example, do a bit of prayer stretching or some sort of strength work or exercises that help you just do a little bit. Or even if it just means that get up and move every half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So I, me, me personally, we're, we're all about we create massive awareness with, with our clients to start with, because I think they need to be aware of what's going on around them. And I think they need to be aware of what pain actually is. Yeah. So, Explain to me, Rush, what is pain? Why do we have it? Why is it there? What is its purpose? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a great question. I always find that whenever I answer this question, there's, there's so much that we're now understanding as what pain really is and pain science in general, especially in the physiotherapy world and, and the medical world. But, 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 in, but in essence, it, it's, a, it's a system designed by your body or by, by, by our human body which is amazing, fascinating. It's all about like a warning system. So it's telling us something's not right. It's telling us this is what you can do about it. And it's just highlighting to us that this is danger or this is um, something that looks like danger or this is something that you're going to struggle with. So, hey, here's, here's a message. It's almost like a WhatsApp notification to you to telling you that a program is <laughs> on or, you know, whatever. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it. it's literally a notification. Yeah. And, and, and if, you, if you leave it at that, it's a notification to your body. And yeah. sometimes it's a painful notification. It's like that tax bill that you don't want to see, you know, or is that like, you know, that, yeah, something that's just annoying 
and it's frustrating and it's debilitating for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and it's what you do with that notification is where the, the real um, sort of influences. But the pain in essence is it's, it's a system designed to tell you this is something that you're doing may have triggered this. Why don't we review things and why don't we figure out what's going on? What I tell our clients, and I, correct me if I'm wrong from the medical point of view, is our body is very clever. It will give you a little niggle to tell yep. you there's something wrong. But if you ignore that little niggle, your body goes like that. Baz, Baz is not listening to me here, so we're going to ramp up the pain a little bit more. Right, Baz ain't listening to me still. We're going to give you a little bit more. We're going to start turning that dial of pain up until you blooming listen to me and do something about it. Is that in general what the body does? Absolutely. Absolutely. When people say, you know, I, uh, funny enough, I had um, uh, my, my cousin who's actually sharing this office with me right now. And he was uh, complaining of neck pain quite a few um, weeks ago. And, you know, he just ignored it, ignored it, ignored it. And then he woke up yesterday with like a sharp stabbing pain. And I was like, wow. yeah, so it's so interesting that you say that, like, you know, it's, and it's not just one person. Someone could have told me, you know, I've had five years of shoulder pain, but I haven't really done anything about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they'll only come to us when it's fully blown because for them, that's what's triggered um, an emotion and almost a worry to say, oh, this is not right. I need, I must get some help from someone. And the, oh, sorry, and the scary thing is, a lot of us leave it until we get the dreaded cancer, diabetes, stroke, heart attack. And that is yeah. like your body saying, right, we are shutting down now until yeah. you do something to make you a healthier person, make your body move better, make your body move freer. And yeah. so we've got all these levels of warning going for our body, but we tend to only pay attention when it's life debilitating. Yeah, so totally. And I think the life debilitating part is where people try and now firefight. Um, and unfortunately for some of us, it's too late. For some of us, there's still hope. Uh, for all of us, there's still hope. But I think, so some of us, it, it's got to that stage where we're, you know, it's going to take a lot more effort and it's going to take a lot more interventions to change things. Um, and this is what we're seeing. Like, look, let's take today's example. Like there's, um, um, you know, what's happening out there with COVID. Um, you know, people with diabetes and hypertension are, the t are, are more susceptible. People with lung conditions are more susceptible. People who've been smoking are more susceptible um, to, to picking up these infections and picking up life-changing life COVID patients. I, for example... Um, I'm going to be working with a couple of COVID patients who are returning from the wards and going back to their homes. Yeah. And, and I look at the lifestyles and I think, actually, there are certain conditions that you had that predisposed you. Now, that's not me being callous. This is me stating reality. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. people don't want to hear the reality. You know, that's the other thing. I think people don't want to hear that, you know, the diabetes is linked to this or there was a point where you could have got a check. You yeah. could have got your help. You could have got rock body solid helping you but you didn't seize that moment. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because a lot of people um, I hear is, they go, oh, my back just went out of nowhere. And it's like, I don't personally believe that you just get an injury out of nowhere. As, as you guys say, there's a niggle, a niggle. Unless you get hit by a car. Uh, unless you get hit <laughs> by a car. We see, yeah, that is, that is going to be a pain, which we don't want that for anyone. But people are like, oh, my shoulder just went, or oh, my back just went. And it's like, no that doesn't just happen. There's always something going on beforehand. Absolutely. I think there's a link to it, not just on the physiological side, but the mental side of things. You know, um, a lot of pain now we know is multifactorial. But what, what I mean by that is it could be linked to your emotion. It could be linked to some trauma or something that you haven't um, addressed many, many years ago. 
Um, it could be linked to relationships. For example, I had someone who actually enjoyed being in pain because she enjoyed the attention she was getting from her husband. Interesting. And, and you know, and, and she, we, we had to really dig deep to find out why she's not improving because physiologically she was absolutely okay. You know, on her MRI scan, she was absolutely fine. But the pain she had was like, she had the worst, you know, um, spinal um, sort of mobility, this worst spinal um, x-rays imaging and all of that. So, so a lot of it is not linked to necessarily just the physiological side. It's linked to other emotional aspects that we as physios are still learning about. Um, you know, and this is where back pain is multifactorial. You need psychologists helping. You need movement experts. You need experts like yourselves helping with the dietary, with the fitness, with the motivation, with lifestyle changes. And then you need people like us who can help move them out of pain into movement yeah absolutely we always ask somebody when we get somebody with an injury it's like how did it happen what was going on for you at that time do you know what i mean because you know i have heard of people who've got back pain but they're holding on to an emotion there and once they've done some work with it on that emotion bit and then obviously you know movement side it does go that's so interesting oh my god that's a whole other conversation Yeah, absolutely. We could go for hours on that because there's so much research that's coming coming up and popping up, and we're looking at like you know inflammatory markers, and we're looking at lifestyle changes, and we're looking at um, you know your emotional relationship with pain and your perspective. Your, it's all about your perspective about the pain. You know, um, for some of us who have very high cortisol levels or stress levels, yeah, you know, a scratch can feel like an amputation. Mm. Yeah, and, and, and that's all to do with your stress level. So if you med- meditate or if you sort of manage to bring that stress level down, that scratch will just feel like a scratch. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And the saying now that is, it all comes back to sleep management as well, doesn't it? If we, if we can get the quality of our sleep, we're less likely to injure ourselves and have pain if we can manage our sleep because our emotional resilience is so much higher when we recharge our batteries and reset our system. One thing I want to look at, we, we said about, the lady there had the pain, but there was nothing wrong with her. When should we listen to the pain in our body and when should we sort of ignore the pain? Can you talk yeah. a little bit about different types of pain for us? Absolutely. So there's this pain that sort of stops you from doing something, which is a very integral part of your life. It could be something like doing the dishes, picking up, getting the dishwasher out or like, you know, emptying the dishes and stuff like that and then just being in agony. And that's the time to definitely get some help. Uh, I think I think there is also... Um, you know, I always say give it a rule of around three to four weeks. Uh, and, and in three to four weeks, if you've done the right things, which is move more often, help yourself with some pain relief, uh, get some, you know, ice pack, heat pack, whatever it is, and just sort of start addressing that. There's a good chance that the pain will settle by itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But, but again, uh, the, 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 the answer to your question, Barry, is that the the, the 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 one of the things that i love say, saying to people is is use a rule out of 10 right so if 10 is the most amount of pain you've ever experienced in your life and zero is the least amount of experience uh, pain you've experienced if you can get up to a three or a four and you're you're okay still right three four five out of ten pain you're still good six seven eight nine ten that's when you sort of start need to addressing it and start need to sort of moving from six or five onwards you start need to think about okay i need some help here you know, I'm not Superman or I'm not Superwoman. I need to get help. I need to address it. I need to get an expert to help me out. Um, and most people think, you know, it's going to be costly, this, that, the other. And I'll address this quickly. Yeah. What's the cost of you not being able to pick up your child? What's the cost of you not being able to 
play with your grandkids freely without the worry of your back going or your knee hurting? What's, what's the real costs and the true value of you um, just missing out on an activity with your friends and, and really boil it down to that? Yeah. And if you look at the price of what a consult is or what um, health changes or needing someone like you versus the amount of money technically they're going to be losing, um, you know, the, the comparison is irrelevant. Well, you can't put a price on your health. I mean, obviously, you know, I come to you because of my shoulder and it's like, yeah, whatever it takes because, you know, for me, movement is my mental health medicine and I yeah. have be able to move i can't just sit stagnant do you know what i mean um life is for living at the end it, of the is, it is absolutely but we talked about pain because a lot of people you know when they're training they're gonna get discomfort absolutely like, like when we'll do i don't know for example deadlifts or squats deadlifts will be like oh i feel it in my lower back and it's like yeah you're meant to feel it in your lower back do you know what i mean but What's the difference, would you say, between discomfort and pain? Yeah, I think, the, again, it'll boil down to that rule I, I'll use. If something can settle down in 24 hours, mm-hmm. you're, you're, pretty, you're pretty good. If something takes longer than 24, 48 hours, you might have overdone it. And just, it's, 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 you know, it's finding that in between. And it's all about listening to your body. And, and you know, the, when you exercise, you've got to remember, you, if you have an exercise for 40 years and all of a sudden you're starting to exercise, or if you have an exercise for 50 years um, or a good part of, yeah, whatever, however long, and you start to do something, in the first 12 weeks, you're bound to get an injury. You're bound to get a discomfort. You're bound to get a niggle because your body, your tissues, everything's adapting and everything's okay. And it's okay to be in pain. Yeah. You know, we, we love this idea that everything has to be perfect. It doesn't. Pain is a, a, you know, once people are realizing that accepting a bit of pain is almost useful because then you understand, okay, that's what a workout pain feels like. And this is what bad pain or whatever kind of pain feels like. Um, and we don't use the word like bad or, you know, damaging or anything like that. Cause these are just words that are making the situation blow up. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You just, if you keep it simple and just say up to three out of 10 pain, that's okay. It's going to resolve in 24 hours. And then, if it carries on, then it's where you need to kind of address it. And look, your structures are going to take a while to change. If I wanted to build a bigger bicep, just a big, to build a, a muscle, it was going to take me at least six to eight weeks. And it's if I'm training intense, I'm doing three times or four times a week. If I wanted to short my shoulder pain out, now you might have had shoulder pain for five years. Yeah. And then if you're doing rehab, physio, whatever it is, and you give up at the second or third week or even the fifth week, it's not going to be enough, you know, to change shoulder health. Barry, you've had shoulder surgery. You'll probably want to talk about this. It must have taken you at least three to six months to feel 100%. Um, it's, it'll be a year since I, since I first associated the injury there. It'll be a year in May. Well, we are May. So, yeah, it's yeah. Been full circle from noticing the injury to doing my rehab, having the operation, doing my rehab after the operation because I've done prehab before the surgery because I wanted to do that and now literally it's only last couple of weeks i can actually press above my head and start pushing resistance and increasing intensity through that joint but you have to be switched on you have to think long term now yeah yeah and short term it's just going to go back into that vicious cycle again i need to break the cycle of pain discomfort pain discomfort pain discomfort so but then a lot of people will get to that point where they'll just stop and they're like oh i'm in pain i'm injured well, that's it. And they'll just stop and they'll 
as you say, class themselves as that injured person that's always in pain. It's like, no, we can get through that. Do you know what I mean? You just have to yeah. stay the course, keep going, even though it's not the most sexiest thing to do. No, really. oh do you know what I mean? God is boring. <laughs> you know, but you put that um, mental association with it, right, I'm going to be able to train, I'm going to be able to come back stronger, I'm going to be able to pick up my kid, all this kind of mm. stuff, right? Yes. You've got to link it, you've got to link it to what you want out of all of this. Yeah. Why are you spending time, money, effort, energy? You know, and I, I, I've sometimes asked patients this, I'm like, you know, when they've got frustrated, I always link it back, I'm like, why, why, why are we here? And, and I say it in the most nicest way possible, but I ask them, why are we here? And you know, you have to sometimes remind them of why they joined in the first place or why they started the journey in the first place. And, and it's so easy as health professionals to just be like, you know what, let's just give up on this person because they're, you know, they're, they're one of those people that they will just never overcome their pain. They'll never sort of, you know, um, look, get, get over that little hump. Um, and this is where we have to almost put more effort. We have to give more concentrated um, energy to these people because you'll be able to see a big switch in them um, and you have to communicate in their language. And people who, who are in pain, who might be watching this or listening to this, you know, my, my piece of advice is, one, understand what it's, you know, write a list. Why, why, why is this happening? And what is it stopping me from doing? Yeah. And sometimes I get people to stick this in their fridges and they'll, you know, for especially the chronic pain patients. And I'll say, they, just every now and then just have a read of it, go through all the reasons and cross out some of them and add some of them. And then you'll realize why it's so important to get your rehab done. And like, cause a lot of people are scared to train because they'll get DOMS and they think DOMS is pain and it's really bad. They'll get, you know, we'll get people text us going, I did a workout and oh, you know, my muscles ache. I think I've done myself an injury. And it's like, no, you've just got DOMS. It's totally normal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so delayed onset muscle soreness. It's basically your body's way of saying, Hey, hello, <laughs> you guys are doing a little bit more than normal. Um, okay, cool. I, I'm just going to give you a bit of a response and this is the response and you know, it's going to get the muscles one fired up. It's going to give you a bit of ache. Um, and we always say, look, DOMS should last. Sometimes it can last five days. Sometimes it can last a little bit longer. Sometimes it can last a lot less. Uh, so it all varies from person to person. And I always say, um, like you said as well, um, Laura, it's, it, it's nothing dangerous. It's more to do with, right. Okay. Um, that stomps if I continue repeating it over the next three weeks, actually, I'm not going to feel that anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's so it's noticing your progressions through your training, through your rehab, through your exercise, but it doesn't matter whether it's, Oh, I've gone from doing a 10 kilo bicep curl to a 15 kilo bicep curl. It might be, Oh, I can move my shoulder from five degrees of um, adduction to 10 degrees or even 11 degrees or even to six degrees. I've noticed a progression. That's it. And, and you know, yeah, like you said, I, and it's it's about that progression, and it's it's celebrating the small wins, uh, and it's almost sort of you know saying, wow, okay, I've managed to do this, and I've, I've, I've you know, and giving yourself a pat on your back and saying, you know what, you know, six weeks ago I couldn't even bend down to pick up something off the floor. Six weeks later, I'm picking up the baskets off the floor, or I'm picking up a pen off the floor, and 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 c congratulating yourself and saying, you know what, I'm onto something here. Yeah. Because we notice what we can't do, but as soon as we get back into a, a, um, an activity that we, is easy for us, we forget about it. We think, oh, that's just the norm, but I still can't do this. Yeah. But yeah. I think we can flip it over and start really focusing on the little wins and the progression that we're making through every day of these activities. And that will um, keep us going, keep us moving forward with it. 
Yeah, totally. And I think the, the other side to this is when you see the, um, the improvement, um, it's, it's again, staying on that curve of, of constant. And, you know, I always show that rehab is never, um, it's never a linear curve. It's never going like sort of up that way exponentially. It's actually going like, whoa, like wiggles all over and then like ups and downs. And like, it literally looks like uh, basically a, a child having tantrums and great days. Tantrums <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and, and, and you'll get to that point and you will see the light and you will um, get to what you want to achieve. But it's a journey. And with every journey, it's the time taken. And yes. about being present as well. And a lot of the people expect their body to be Amazon Prime and they expect them to change dramatically overnight. Yeah. I think that's especially, especially with pain. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. want it on and off like a light switch. Mm. Like, but but it, we, we can we can change the I, I perceive we can change the level of pain in our mind when we do yeah. our control system we can we can bring it down or we can take it up we can play around with it um, and I, I use that a lot with our guys yeah. Yeah. Uh, meditation I do I can I can change the the level or the intensity of the pain my body's perceiving absolutely take on on that changing it with the mindset. Yeah, absolutely. So it's all about pain perception, right? In your brain, there's an area that gets highlighted. It almost goes ping as soon as there's a pain in the body. Now, it's your brain's perception. Once it gets a sensory sort of feedback, it's like, okay, what do I do with this? Do I, do I make sense of it or do I just sort of let it go? And, and, and things like meditation, calming the mind, understanding what pain is and what a niggle is, and then almost using breathing as a way to calm that sort of flare up at times. Now we have some people who are in chronic pain and they're like, oh, this radiating sciatica and they've got like these intense amounts of sort of flare ups that happen. And a lot of the times all they have to do is return back to breathing a bit of meditation and mindfulness to start calming their bodies down. There have been times where people would have come to our clinic and said, I'm in acute pain. I can't do anything. They couldn't even lie down. All I got them to do was bicep curls. And I got them to focus on the breathing. I got them to drop the shoulders. I got them to just relax. And they had zero back pain. Just, just explain yeah. the word acute for us. Um, yeah, yeah. Acute is like, you know, that onset of pain. So it's that sort of normally the, the time frames that people say is the acute is anywhere between the day of the pain up to sort of two to three or four weeks, to, up to six weeks even. Um, and then chronic starts at 12-week mark. Um, but, but again, I don't like using the words um, chronic especially. I, I feel like... Um, acute is just you know it's happened now and 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 a lot of people who've had back pain they want to get an immediate pain relief which is okay it's totally okay but you've got to remember there's got to be a time process to it um you know our bodies and our tissues take a time to heal yeah of course they do and i've written two words down on my bit of paper here symptomatic and the root cause of it and i think we're in a society now where we're just focusing on symptoms 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 how can i stop the symptoms and we forget about the root cause why has that problem occurred in the first place yeah, yeah. That you you come in and you actually look at the root cause rather than just trying to decrease the amount of pain we've got let's go back a little bit further and find out where this has come from look at the history of it Totally. I think one of the biggest things or indicators for any musculoskeletal injuries or any injuries is load. How much stress have you put through that area over how much time and how much speed? Um, so for some people, because the weather's great, they'll be like, you know what, we'll add one piece of exercise a day. I'm going to walk for two hours. Um, and then they come back, but they've not done two hours in the last six years. Yeah. So of course the body's going to be in bits. Now, the other thing is also understanding that let's talk about weight. Let's talk about diabetes. Let's talk about um, you know, other diseases that are 
causing some of that pain and that tissue response. I'll talk about diabetes quickly. Your body takes a lot longer to heal if you have diabetes. Your body takes a lot longer to heal. You know, the actual area takes a little bit longer to heal when you have other conditions. But, um, you know, you're more predisposed to shoulder injuries and like frozen shoulder if you have diabetes. You know, there's links here. And what it's saying to you is you need to also address your health. Why is your back hurting? Well, you might, ha- you might be carrying more timber than you need to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you, you might be carrying more weight. And let's get real honest conversations going. Let's talk about weight in a positive way. Or, or in an optimal way, as I like to call it, because I don't want to, uh, you know, I have conversations with my clients and I'll tell them, look, you're overweight and that's why your knee's hurting. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And you have to be, as a health professional, you know, physios used to be terrible at this. It's that elephant in the room, literally the elephant in the room that no one wants to talk about. We know it and the client knows it. They know it. But we, we're just like, I'm not talking, I'm not talking about it. it. But I think it's so good that we are open about it. And then I think if we say that to our clients, they're going to understand it because they know it and then they're going to be open to talk about it. And when we're open to talk about it, we start taking a little bit of responsibility for it. Yeah. And it's about the responsibility. Uh, acknowledge what's going on and take ownership of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, there's a really good book called Extreme Ownership um, by Jocko Willick. I think. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's the yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a um, sort of um, a Navy um, uh, one of those, you know, Navy guys in, in the U S army or something like that. And the SEAL team leader or whatever. And, and one of the things he, he talks about is everything's your fault. And mm-hmm. as soon as you start that, everything is your fault, whether it's to do with the relationships, whether it's to do with pain, whether it's to do with anything. And as soon as you start accepting that and then working from that, look, I'm not telling someone your, your pain is your problem. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm saying to him, your weight is an issue, but this is how we're going to solve it. I'm not just leaving them hanging dry saying you're overweight, you're fat. You know what? That's the cause of your pain. Now I'll see you whenever I see you. Yeah. yeah. The, the key here is, okay, what are you doing about your weight? How much water intake are you taking? Do you have an expert that you were linking with to address this? Is that expert good enough to, first of all, deal with this? Or are you just getting some visceral help? Are you just getting some wishy-washy? And, you know, are you working with rock-solid health? And if you are working with them, how much are you actually putting into the whole thing? Yeah. Are you showing up? And that's the question I ask patients. Have you done your rehab? Yeah. They're like, nah, well, you know, I had this turn up and this turn up. Well, this is not a priority enough for you. Come back to me when your shoulder is a priority to your health, which then lets you pick up your baby. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. and I've said that to clients, and then, you know, at first they're shocked. They're like, "How the hell can you speak to me so rudely?" And and I always ask them, but I, I'm never rude, but I always, well, I'm trying not to be rude, uh, but I always ask. Sometimes you need a bit of a wake up call. Let's get going, and you need a bit of a switch up. You know, wake up. And it's, if it's my job to do that, then it is my job to do that. And and I, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but sometimes you have to wake people up. Yeah, shock treatment. Yeah. Say something that they are not expecting to hear and that they go, oh, what, what did you say to me? And now you're listening. Yeah. Now we can, so we've broken down, we've opened the gates and we can come into your mind and we can start talking to you since because you're listening now because you didn't like what I've just said. And I've been on the end of this multiple yeah. times with a lot of my coaches and it stings at first and then you think, oh God, and you get that awful sinking feeling. But if you get over that, you go, do you know what? They're right. And I've only ever had improvements when I've taken that advice, 
I've taken that whack and I've gone, how can I change it? Do you know what I mean? That, yeah, I've been on the end of it multiple times. Um, it's yeah. nice, but sometimes we've got to take that pain. Yeah, and it's Absolutely. always going to be good. Absolutely. And I think you've got to obviously, I think, have a system in place to kind of help them. So for one of the things that we like doing is, okay, we're not good at weight management. We know we can refer to other people. So they are personal trainers who work in, our, in the same, in the same uh, clinic that we have. So we'll either refer to them or we'll get them to address some of their lifestyles. So we have online personal trainers or we have you guys, you know. And I think the key here is, um, you know, there is help out there. Yes, it's going to cost you um, with your not forget your price it's going to cost you with energy it's going to cost you with time and it's going to cost you with effort and if you're willing to do these three things cost just becomes irrelevant yeah 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 definitely they say and, that and, the palm of trees now because yeah. you can put it off and put it off and put it off and you're not going to uh, experience the fruits of planting that tree with the fruit and so forth until you've done the work you've nurtured the ground you've nurtured the soil you you've pruned the trees back and that's the same with our body we need to Look at the roots, get your roots down there, get them nice and strong. And then Absolutely. six months down the line, you can start living your life pain-free. And I think that's my biggest goal is to get people pain-free in their life. And we need to look at their health, their well-being, and how their body moves. But also yeah. understanding the root cause, because like with weight loss, we're very much, oh, I'll do the program, I'll do the meal plan. meal plan. It's like, well, no, let's just take a step back because you're going to keep doing that over and over again. Why did you gain the weight? Why are you not confident? Why why is it not worked? Do you know what I mean? As you say, like you guys do, back to the root of it. Absolutely. And I think the, the, the cause of it is always much more fundamental than people think. It's much more sort of, um, you know, it's basic, it's foundation. And, and a lot of us want to cover it with, you know, I've got time, or I've got this, or I've got that, so I'm busy, or, you know, um, you know I, I, I'm on this cookie cutter program, or I'm on a Weight Watchers program, or whatever it is. And, and the problem with this is that, you know, these are programs. It's not a lifestyle. Yeah. You know, and if you want pain, as, you know, even, we, we say the same thing, you know, with pain, it's not just, oh, do this you know, 15 week program and you'll be out of pain. Cool. But what about after? Have you got a lifestyle that helps you to stay out of pain? So this um, is a really yep. interesting question. And leading on from that, um, should we be doing rehab and physio work with our training all the time? Absolutely. You have to train. I always say to people, your training intensity and your rehab intensity should be matching. Right. And, and, and the way to describe it is your rehab needs to be as tough as your training um, and it needs to have a warm up and it needs to have a sort of, you know, a whole program. But you need to be able to, one, sit down with an expert, figure it out, and then two, have accountability for your rehab as well. Because a lot of people are like, oh, you, know, there's, you know, oh, here's a piece of band. Let me just yeah, do my exercises. Okay, cool. Now I'm going on to the fun stuff. And now I'm going to go on to like, you know, let's, let's, let's pick up that sort of heavy 20, 30 kilo weight or, you know, 10 kilo weight or whatever. And I always say, no, you know, just take your time. Uh, you know, there's a process. It's not sexy. But again, if you link it up and you say to yourself, this is what's going to help me perform better. This is what's going to help me look good. This is what's going to make me feel good. All of a sudden you make sense of it. And, and you would do it with, with much more clarity, with much more effort, and with much more of a, oh, God, it's not physio exercises again. Yeah. You say in that, Rouge, when I'm doing my bench press, that's sort off of 60, 70 kilos, I'm like, yeah. give me a hand and do my physio work. 
I am sweating it's my so bits off. It's so hard. My muscles are on fire. It's you think, yeah, just a little band doing the bang, bang, bang exercises. But realistically, when you've got to pack your shoulders down, you've got to really engage your mind to get these muscles to contract properly, hold the body position, and then do the movement. Oh my God, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it shouldn't be easy. Like, you know, I always say, if you want to cause a change in the body, it needs to be, you know, we use the RPE skill, and I think you guys use it as well as a perceived exertion. Um, and I always say, your rehab needs to be in that sort of six, seven, eight mark. Yeah. And, and if it's not there, unfortunately, the physio has not set a good enough program for you. Because it's, it's, we need to put our body under enough stress for it to adapt to the stimulus that we apply on it. Perfect. Right. You said it in the right way. With any type of training, whether it's running, cycling, weightlifting, or rehab, we have to increase the stimulus so your body adapts to it. And then yeah, it's longer, fitter, healthier. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, one of the things I've, I've had, you know, six surgeries and I'll tell you, you know, it's not fun you know, going in every time you've had a couple yourself. And I think that the frustration sometimes can be the, the motivator. The frustration of not being able to lift, the frustration of not being able to play with family or friends or go out and enjoy a walk without being in pain, you know, coming home or waking up in pain. You know, a lot of us wake up in pain. Yeah. And, and we take it as normal. We take it as Asian to Asian age related or wear and tear or, you know, we might have gone to the GP with it and they must have said, look, it's your age and that's what it is and that's it. You know, we, and we are happy to accept it because we think, you know, as we age, our bodies should age and, you know, the wear and tear is normal. What's not normal is your attitude, you know? You're, you're giving up in the later part of your life, you know, your yeah. 40s, 50s, 60s, all of a sudden people are just giving up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I look at people like plants in the garden. You can have a really old oak tree, as long as the ground is got nutrients going into it, it's getting sunlight, it's getting, it can photosynthesis. That oak tree is just gonna grow for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, and it's still gonna produce the fruit. So yeah. if we put the environment in our body at the best and it's optimal, we should never get old, really. I have a 95-year-old that deadlifts 60 kilos off the floor. No, you don't. Stop yeah. it. Really? Five-year-old. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I had another one who broke her hip at 80-something, 80 85, and I got her leg pressing 100 kilos. Wow. Sort of 12 to 15 weeks post-hip surgery. So, so this is not, and these are people who've never seen the inside of a gym. Wow. Wow. Right? It's about knowing that you have resilience and you have strength. And I think there's a generation right now that we're growing up and we're accepting the way our bodies are and the way our physique is and the way our mental health and physical health is. And we're just accepting it for what it is. And we're not dealing with that. Whereas if you look at a generation that's slightly sort of in the 80s and 90s, these guys are fighting to live longer. These guys are, are, are embracing movement. They love their walks. They love their activity. And, and I think there's, there's something that needs to change. And I think we're, um, you know, without being too critical, I do think that there is, we've never had, um, you know, that physical exercise being, you know, we've never made the link. Whereas some of these guys went to war. Yeah. You know, some of these guys saw some horrific things and they appreciate the value of life and they appreciate the value of what they're doing. Well, my mum, my mum, my mum is 74 and twice a week she goes to Zumba. Amazing. She does Zumba classes and she does 20,000 steps a day. That's, yeah, insane, right? Yeah. And she says, if I don't do that, I seize up. I, I'm, oh, she can't move out of the chair kind of thing. So she knows that the, the effects of exercise keeps her young, it keeps her mobile, and it keeps her head young as well. Yeah. So I think 
it's so important that we do move our body. Rush, yeah. we've yeah. got some amazing comments come in. Um, so, you know, I've never been told that, but it makes sense. Some wise words, really interesting. You have <sighs> power over things to accept responsibility. I love this approach. This is really useful affirmation for my fibromyalgia. Listen to my body and move accordingly. You know, yeah. so we're, we're getting some, you know... I'd love to talk about fibromyalgia and I've helped quite a few patients with this. Yeah. Look, there's a lot of research coming out recently with fibromyalgia. First, we don't understand it. So any experts that's there in fibromyalgia, I, I guarantee you that they have no clue over it. Probably less than what you do because a lot of fibromyalgia patients are pretty clued up. They're pretty, you know, they have an idea what their pain is and they, they go and research. And the problem is there's so much information on the internet. But one of the things that is guaranteed, and I've seen this personally, is the strength training the effect of what strength training and resistance training has on the body and, and, and the pain level. So it's almost like a, a management system. Like someone pops a painkiller, someone does a workout. And that workout has added benefits. And one of the benefits is a reduced pain level. And for, especially for someone with chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia, even if the workout wasn't you know, the ideal workout that you see on Instagram and Facebook, and you know, it's, it's what was good for you. And that is enough to trigger a response to bring some of that pain down. Interesting. Do you think, do you think I'm just putting it out there, is fibromyalgia a neurological pain that's being stimulated in the brain and your body is giving you a symptom of that? And the exercise that we do, it stimulates the, the, the muscle fibers and stuff to not mask it, but override that pain of the, the physical pain. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what we're sort of getting at. And I think there's a bit of understanding going on to that at the moment is, can we use exercise to help with that? Look, you know, looking at exercise, Alzheimer's, you know, everyone talks about it. The problem is if it doesn't affect you badly enough, you're not going to do anything about it. Yeah. If it's not debilitating, until it doesn't get debilitating, we don't want to do anything about it. Whether it's shoulder pain or fibromyalgia or, um, you know, severe conditions, whatever it is. And why do we need to let it get to that? Why can't we be preventative? We've got research. We've got science. We've got technology. We've got the ability. I mean, I've been helping laws. I sit in Kent and Harrow. You guys sit in Kent, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you're hundreds of miles away, but there is access to specialists. Absolutely. There's always yeah. that access. And I think, I think one of the things that I fundamentally find um, you know that we need to change is the health industry first of all needs to shift you know away from these 12 week 16 week 18 week programs and stuff and i think what it needs to look at is a human being yeah. and 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 who's that person in front of us and what do we want out of them and i think that's for us and you guys to kind of like come up with that responsibility and i think the second part is people taking ownership and then until, until we don't take ownership nothing's going to change that that's one of our values uh for rock solid is getting people to take ownership of their own health and finding yeah. their version, which works for them. Yeah, exactly. So I think also, you know, if you have got something like fibromyalgia, you're already in a lot of pain. So you then think, oh, exercise is going to cause more pain. Mm -hmm. So this, this study and this stuff is so interesting. Um, yeah. yeah and it's a 12 week, such a 12 week study that was done. So I think it's a 12 or 16 week study that was done. So in 12 weeks, they will start to share shift. But the problem is most people give up at six weeks or most people give up at five weeks because they don't see that um, it's 12 weeks that's required. So, for example, you've got a painkiller and you've been asked by the GP to take for seven days, but you stop at the third day. 
Now, sometimes it might be good for you, but some, a lot of the times, actually, if it's meant for seven days or, you know, and you haven't taken it for seven, antibiotics is a better example. You know, if you yeah. take it, stop it at three, have you built the resilience? Have you got enough sort of, you know, good things happening in the body? No. And, and I think that's where it is. And, you know, I, we've got a passion to deliver this and we've got like you guys, we've got the community to look after and we've got people to care and we've got people to have fun with. And look, you know, it's not just, oh, this is bad and you guys need to exercise more and this and that. It's not about shouting at people. It's about understanding where they're coming from and then matching up with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rush, this has been just so eye-opening. Great for me. I tell you what, I feel like we've just skimmed the surface on a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's fantastic. And um, we've got one comment saying, thank you so much. I didn't believe my diagnosis of fibromyalgia just because of that reason. It's been fascinating and very eye-opening and obvious really too. So, yeah, amazing. Um, and the stuff that we're saying is definitely not um, groundbreaking. I think, you know, it's out there. It's whether we want to listen to it or not. Very true, very yeah, true. true, true. Rush, so um, two final questions. Number one, um, what would you like to leave this, the audience with? What's kind of like your one bit of advice or your one bit of wisdom that you want to leave people with? Really figure out what you want. You know, really take your time, take a weekend, take a week, write it down. Uh, of what your body does. So really what, really write down what you want out of your body. Um, but more than out of your body, really write down what you want to do that you can't currently do. Yeah, love that. And then let's work on the plan that fits in between. Love yeah. it. That's yeah. awesome. Um, and then my second question is, how can people find you? And how can people, if they want to come and learn more, you know, maybe work with you, how can they come and find you? Yeah, absolutely. So we've, we've got a great team and we're all online. Um, so we're able to access um, and help people from anywhere. Uh, for uh, anyone who's on social media, they could go onto our Instagram channel, which is RD Physio, um, or find us on Facebook. Like we're doing, um, I think this is live on Facebook. So feel free to follow us on RD Physio. And um, the other thing to do is just get in touch. You know, just drop us a message. We're very open to people just contacting us. And, our, our, our mission statement, actually, I'll, I'll finish off with that, is, you know, we, we're a, a growth mindset team that's striving to inspire and, and, and inspire people and change uh, and empower people, you know, to push beyond their potential. And if we can work on pushing beyond their potential, I have a feeling that we've already nailed half the problem. Absolutely. And let's not, let's, you know, forget about pain, forget about all that kind of stuff. Let's just focus on potential. And so many of us are living lives that, we can do so much better and 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 it's for for us guys to kind of come as a collective and say right let's get it let's go and get let's go and do it together absolutely rush thank you so much i really thank you guys guys thank you so much for watching and um, we're yeah. going to have this facebook live and we're going to have as we always say the after party afterwards yes. um, so guys thank you so much for watching if you enjoyed this please share it give it a love heart say thank you to rush um you know yeah. we're to make the world a better place help people be happier and healthier and find their own version of health so guys have a great day and we will speak to you all very soon L -L -L